Welcome to A Thousand and One Good Nights, a podcast about the stories behind bedtime stories. Follow along with two new dads, one a psychologist and one a book editor, as they explore the nighttime ritual of their foreseeable future. Hey, Ben. Hey, Nick. If I was going to ask you to start naming books that are just absolutely bonkers, where would you start? Caps for Sale. <laughs> this is one of my Perfect. favorite bonkers books. <laughs> that's for probably because that, that's how we. That's how we. That's how this whole business got started in the first place. So uh, it is. It's uh, it's poetic. Um, yeah. So th- there's a bunch of bonkers things about this book. Like for one thing, the, the color palette is like very odd, at least to like our early. 21st century sensibil- artistic sensibilities. I think there's like a, a weird, it's almost like a like turquoisey with lots of red and it's just, it's just very odd compared to a lot of kind of contemporary books. Wait, hold, um, hold on, that that's where you're picking to start with what's bonkers and not the fact what? that it's just like a peddler who carries all the caps around <laughs> his head. Like that's, that's I was the... <laughs> warming us up. <laughs> Transitioning in. <laughs> okay, okay, go on. So there's yeah, so okay. an odd turquoise color palette. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Okay, so the thing that really is bonkers to me that I feel like I've never, I've done a fair amount of research on this book, like, and, and talked about it a fair bit, um, and we have, what I've never heard anyone talk about is the fact that on the, the front cover of the book, there's this scene, ostensibly from the story, where the peddler is in the tree sleeping, and there's a stack of his caps on the ground, and monkeys behind the tree looking mischievous, but that scene never happens in the book. Yeah. So, like, what's going? On? Why is the peddler asleep in the tree? Like, what's going on with that? Yeah, I don't know. No, no answer. <laughs> like, re- release the Snyder cut or whatever the the, the version of that is. Like this. <laughs> yeah. And, and, uh, is this yeah. is this like the the like the Blade Runner where there's like it, it there's there's another version of Caps for Sale out there where that like. There's the peddler's been in the tree the whole time, <laughs> probably. Yeah, I just and and just like it, it's it's bonkers too in the sense that it's just like it gets bonkers when you read it. Like we with my girls, like we really act out like the peddler, like stamping it. Like when he when it gets to the part where he stamps his feet, like the girls get off the couch and start jumping around on the ground, yeah. like stamping their feet. So like it gets bonkers just reading the book. So that's that's like the fun uh, bonkers part it of it gets, for us. It gets the people going. Oh um, yeah, <laughs> which is great right before bed. You know that's right. Yeah, just, <laughs> it's really what you want. <laughs> well, speaking of things that, like wind people up. Um, Cars and Trucks, another like book that we start off with. And that's bonkers. I think it was especially bonkers to me because it was unlike anything that I'd experienced before. I don't think that I'd really read this much growing up. And most of the books that I'd read to kids, it's that typical, you read a little bit of text, you show the kids the image. There's some, you know, the, the words like a caption for the image or the image is like a little illustrative prop to the words. And then you have cars and trucks and things that go, and it's like, oh, I don't even know where to start. Like the, <laughs> like the the text is kind of careening around. There's like all these characters driving pencil cars. There's this, and I I know that I got really stuck on this when we actually did this. There's this <laughs> owl riding a broom cycle, and first of all, it was like a witchy owl, I guess. But an owl shouldn't have to ride a broom because the owl can already fly. But if the owl wasn't to ride a broom. There's no reason the broom should be on a cycle. That's just like really limiting, you know, like if you're going to fly. 
anyway, but you're like little, and that's that's the smallest thing that the whole time you're trying to search for this uh, gold bug, but then there's like decoy gold bugs in there where it's right like, maniac like, like, bug, maniac bug. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't get much more bonkers than maniac bug. I guess. So. And then that that like I don't know if it's exactly the penultimate scene, but like the the car crash at the end is just like mayhem. The whole book is mayhem, but there's this giant like 40 car pileup including like the mustard car so there's just like mustard yeah. spraying yeah. everywhere well, it, and, like... it is absolute chaos and then also the fact that the, the plot such as it is you're you're being like wound up oh they're trying to reach this picnic spot and they get there and nothing really happens just one of the people no. and they just like yeah, turn around and go back home by a totally different right route with a lot more you know you know car crashes and things like that and then anyway yeah so that's it's, it's straight up nuts <laughs> And anyway, the, big, like, and the point is now. Now I think I've seen, especially since we've been doing this, I've seen other books that are that are kind of of this ilk, and I've read more Richard Scurry books. And but oh man, just the first like the the first time, and it's a long book. The first, and I was yeah. like, how how much like how much mayhem does Richard Scurry? Yeah, does Richard Scurry have it? How, how are we still we're like an hour and a half into this book? And there's just still more hammer cars and pickle mobiles. Anyway, I I haven't found anything that it matches this book in terms of like just raw bonkers energy. Like there's just, you can just like feel the, like the mayhem yeah. like coming out of this book. <laughs> it's, it's one of those things like if, if it was in a, a movie, like you would put it down and you kind of see the book kind of like fluttering, like somehow there's just a lot of <laughs> just chaos energy. Right. Um, yeah. So speaking of um, big time energy that comes more from, I think the performance than the book itself is the book with no pictures. Um, yeah. which is another favorite around our household. And this is, people don't know, um, BJ Novak, who is one of the writers uh, and uh, a character in The Office. He plays uh, Ryan, right, in The Office, and that's, that's right. the U.S. Yeah. version of The Office. So he wrote this this children's book, and it's called The Book for No Picture, The uh, Book with No Pictures, and it's all, there are literally no pictures in it. Um, but it's the the kind of the conceit of the book is, it's basically a book that gets parents and adults to say like ridiculous, silly things. Um, and <laughs> so that's the parents kind of get through the, get put through the ringer saying things like boo boo, butt, um, right. and you know, what are some of the other ones? Um, like, there's like a, what's the, donka, what's the, the, the big phrase that you're, the goofy thing you're supposed to say? Oh, badoongi face. Yeah. Badoongi face. face. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So this, what I love about this is this is a great book to spring on unsuspecting visitors. So like, this is one of our favorite pastimes. It's it's almost like a, we've never formally talked about this, my kids and I, but the the like unspoken rule is that when a visitor comes over and then they stay after dinner and it's like kind of bedtime, the girls like, no, like this is the book you go get out and you, you bring to uh, whoever, like uncle Harry, who doesn't know what's going on. Like, will you read us a book? And it's stuck reading this book where they have to say these, sing these like ridiculous songs and say all sorts of crazy words. And sort of like a, a rite of passage. Like you, you put the whoopee cushion under the, the, the new guys. That's <laughs> <laughs> exactly what it is. <laughs> Yeah, so this one is this just brings out the bonkers um, in everyone who who reads it. I think. Um, so uh, that's a uh, I guess a favorite book uh, for you to give guests. I feel like for me, when our favorite book to send to people, so we're not there to witness them uh, reading it for the first time, which is unfortunate. But uh, we love sending people animal friends at Maple Hill Farm, and that's one of the things that I it was a big book in Chelsea's family. And 
I read it just just before we had Jack, and I was just blown away by it. And I still haven't like really recovered like from from <laughs> like from the shot. But it's just it's just all over the place. And I still like I've just never I've never encountered anything like it. Just the way that it ranges in tone. Like there'll be like a section about how to how to weigh a dog, and then a section about this sort of pastoral poetry about the loss of like beloved pets, and then all the 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 characters have names like Evil Murdoch and Other Hand and Potato Who Disappeared. There's there's literally a, a character whose name is Chaos, and I thought that's that's indicative, <laughs> sort of the, the bonkers nature of the book. And um, yeah, just it, it totally it, it shifts all over the place. The the illustrations um, are really dramatic, so you might have a, a bunch of small panels, and then you flip the page over, and there's one page crowded out by just a giant like pinion of a cat. You know, so it's I don't know. Everything about it keeps it keeps you on your toes. It just really I didn't I didn't live through the seventies, but it just really feels like the seventies <laughs> too. You know, this book was written. <laughs> it's also I I think I don't know if we talked about this when we did the episode on it, um, but maybe uh, I don't I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I wonder if one of the reasons you like this book so much is that to me it's very it reminds me of a Dickens novel. Yeah. Like the the sort of oh just the the the, the names the, of the characters yeah the name but also just the way like character, even minor characters are given so much personality with very right. little, um, is just, it's like, it's just like relish in that. Like it's so, yeah, it's, it's, so yeah, much there's, fun. there's very almost like memorable throw. They would be throwaway characters in any other author's hands and they, but they're, but they're incredibly like, you know, one or two lines is all you need to sort of, uh, like just stamp them on your brain. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty, it's pretty magic. Um, all right, our our the next book we we have to talk about. I don't even know how to start talking about this, mostly because I can't pronounce anything in the, the including the title of well, the book. You, you've done more research on this. Do you well, want to give so, this a shot? Yeah, well, so I'll say like you <laughs> sent this to me. This is the the, the author is uh, Zdenek Miller, almost certainly. I think Le- Miller is the, how you say the last name. I'm a yeah. little charged uh, with a Z. And you, he's a Czech author, and your book is. A, a Czech version and you sent it to me in German. So that's already confusing right there. So, yeah, but so I, I was in Prague for a conference and I was just wandering around this bookstore trying to find a book for my, my girls to bring home as a gift. And there was nothing in English. There's very little in English. And so I saw this like board book and I thought like, well, all right, like this looks kind of like, I just briefly skimmed through it. It looked kind of wacky and fun. And I thought, okay, I'll, I'll get this. And then I brought it home and it was so bonkers that I, I had to buy you a copy, obviously. But I couldn't right. get. There's no like Amazon check um, sure. store, so like the closest thing I could get was there's a German translation of it. Right. So I think maybe yours is like the Kurtek and mine's Mall Wharf or something like that. But essentially, it's yeah. this is a, and he, this is famous. Also, he's like a animator, a Czech animator, and uh, I've, been, I've been in a real like Czech animation rabbit hole. <laughs> but <laughs> like, so it's a very popular. It's like it's the. But the the title is essentially Malware for Kurtek or whatever it is. It just means mole. It means little mole. Yeah. And I think this one is like the title means something like little mole, actually really big. <laughs> something <laughs> that effect. And so you would think that if there's confusion or that I, maybe I find it bonkers because it's a checkbook that you gave me in German, speaking either one of those languages. <laughs> but actually, it's, it's a book without words. And so you would think there'd be no right. difficulty. But what is going on? Like it's so this is uh, I found out this is a. Um, it's a Vimmel Bilderbuch or something like that. Is in, in German it means uh, book. Uh, it means teeming picture book is how they how they <laughs> how they describe it. The category, and it is like 
what, how would you even like, it's, you can kind of figure out kind of like cars and trucks. What the protagonist, the mole appears like several times in each page. page. Yeah. Yeah. But, but well, more than but, once. So cause it was, cause he's, well, sometimes, so you can kind of like plot like a course, like, Oh, he's looking at this rabbit, like within like one, you know, two page spread. There's like a, 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 a lost like rabbit child and the mole like helps them search for the rabbit and find the rabbit. But, but it's not, it's not essentially like left to right, top to bottom. It, it kind of meanders no. around the place. And, and then sometimes it's just not, it, it's not really a, like a, a comic. It's just kind of a, a panorama. And, and I don't really know the, the, the overall plot of, of it. From, is it just each, each two page spread is its own thing? Or is there some through line narrative that I'm, but I don't know. It's, it's, it's crazy. And the, I mean, it's, just, it's just, it's a, it's a nuts. <laughs> well, what's, what I've never encountered before and why this is so distinct is unlike other like kind of crazy, lots of pictures on a page like Waldo and, and, and cars and trucks and stuff like that. What's bonkers about this one to me is that the, the this main, there are like multiple stories of this mold doing things on in a single page. So there's this one page where, it there's like this mountain is like kind of the central thing in the, in the picture and there's the mole is doing all sorts of things so in in one little like section you can see the mole he's like saving this little bird like on that's been like um that his like nest has yeah. fallen in the river and so the mole's like saving him but then there's the other one where the, the mole like is on top of the mountain and he sees this baby bird in like a in like a baby carriage rolling down toward the edge of the cliff and the mole's like trying to stop him but then you see the bird like falling and then you see the bird like unconscious on the ground in a pool with of blood, blood with blood and, oozing out and then the mole is also up like in the distance there's this hospital and you see the mole like in a hospital room giving a flower to this bird with a bandaged up arm yeah. so there's like and then there's another one where the, the mole is like pushing a, a baby carriage again but he's got like a bunch of like picnic supplies and uh, who knows where he's so there's like all these different plot things the mole is doing but it's very confusing because the nor we're used to like a character showing up like once on a page doing one thing but this one he shows up like 15 times on each page and there's not really the same sense of like foreground background like no it's just like who knows you don't know what to wait i mean it's It's, but but it is like i I mean i can see why it's a thing i mean it, it like they're it's not. Well, it's not a criticism, but but but, but, no. but there's but there's but there is it is, but it, but it, but it's hard. But definitely, I got it. <laughs> open up and I went, it was in German. <laughs> and I open it up and I just like what what is this man? Well, what I like about it too is that I feel like most of the time with with children's books, I feel pretty in control. Like I know how to read, <laughs> and like the words in children's books are not that hard, and like physically, it's not that demanding to read a children's book, and like. But I I feel totally out of control when I read this yeah. book. I'm like, what is happening? Hundred percent, hundred percent. Not yeah, in the driver's seat. Nope, not at all. <laughs> Little mole who's actually really big is in the driver's seat. <laughs> okay, so shifting gears here to um, a much simpler book that just is. It's not bonkers in the same sort of like chaotic, loud way. But every time I read this book, I the the like the ending of the plot i just think like what and then the book is the greedy python um by it's it's an eric carl book but it's written by richard buckley um, okay 
but it does have his it has his like uh kind of the kind of the signature look of yeah like, yeah uh, yeah it looks just like all the other eric carl books um but it's about this this python um who's very strong and has a monstrous appetite and he goes around and he gobbles up all these animals the frog the mouse the bird whatever um the monkey even a monkey a bull uh, a buffalo an elephant finally um <laughs> and then so he then it shows this picture of the like the python like stuffed full he's enormous and all the animals were inside and they were making a, a dreadful din and then so the snake starts to feel sick and he coughs up the whole the whole bunch of them right but yeah. then he starts feeling better and he was hungrier just like before and there's this scene of like the snake, the python is getting ready to bite his own tail. And there's a son in the background looking very worried and, and sort of concerned. And so, and then the last line is, <laughs> he closed his jaws on his own rear, then swallowed hard and disappeared. Like what? <laughs> like, is this like a, like a, like a morality tale? <laughs> you know, like careful about being too greedy or too. Yeah, the, uh, the Ouroboros man. What? Is, it's, 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 a, it's a tale about infinity. <laughs> like what what are like a i don't know this just strikes me as like a weird um for like a, a i don't know most eric carl books are sort of um they're like just like very easy to read like my my one-year-old daughter is just like really into brown bear brown bear right now because it's nice and the hungry caterpillar it's got a nice sort of positive message about being yourself and, and but this about that, book that, is that, like swallowing yourself sure <laughs> yeah well i don't know i just feel like like the, the the sort of moral of this book is both very strident and also three-year-old kids really need to be like learning about like the dangers of being um excessively sort of greedy or or hungry yeah maybe i don't know i don't know what to make of this um, well, let me tell you one that book that I have. So some of these books on here are ones that I really love. Emil, Friends of Maple Hill Farm is one of my very favorite children's books. I'm not going to recommend this next one, which is uh, Let's Go Trucks. It's, it's a little golden book. <laughs> and really, it's just one page that I have that, 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 that I can't get over. So the Let's Go Trucks is kind of the, the sort of books you'd expect. There's a lot of scenes about like how cement mixers work and um, you know, what sort of things do, uh, like tanker trucks carry and it lists you know, the inventory of tanker trucks and there's some rhyming and, and then all of a sudden in the middle of the book, you, you turn the page and it's a picture of a camper and here is the text. I, I swear to you, this is, this is, what this is, it goes, so you, you see the camper and it goes, turtles don't have sinks, stoves, ice chests, storage bins, tables, benches, or beds inside their shells. As campers do, it's too bad turtles can't have campers. <laughs> so, and, and then down there, and like the very, like the, like the, the far corner, I, I did not even see it for like, until I've been staring at the page for like maybe 15 minutes, just in disbelief. There's <laughs> a picture of a turtle. And then I kind of get it. The idea is that you're talking about campers and it's, it's comparing a camper, which has a shell, like a, a pop-up camper, a shell or something to the shell of a turtle. I guess, but like, what a strange, like it leads in, I don't like, I am just, it's this, it's one of the most like baffling, like out, out of nowhere pages I've ever seen in a children's book. And it's so out of character with the rest of it. I just, I know I just kept on taking pictures of it and sending it to like, what, like what's, what's, what's happening? I think there must be, you know, some about the, those golden books, man, like, wasn't like LSD experimentation like really big sort of so. late and 40s think, and 50s? You well, know, I think, like, and I think they were just really pumping them out and they were making so much money. And so I was like, let's just like slip some. <laughs> we can just like put some stuff in there. Just like, like it's all gonna. 
Okay, while we're railing on um, on little golden books, I mean, yeah. we I feel like the Crudica is really like we have to finish with um, the pokey little puppy. Yeah. Also, yeah, which is like the the, 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 the king of them all. <laughs> like, like. Well, and as you pointed out, quite literally, th- this book has didn't you say it is grossed like more? It's like the best selling children's yeah. book ever. Yeah. Once again, like you can, it depends like what metrics you use, but there's an argument to make that this is the the, the like the biggest selling children's book of all time. So Which is like, insane because yeah. this book is so bonkers. Yeah. Okay, so ha- there's a lot of bonkers things about this book. Um, but to me, it's like the, it, again, it's one of these books that seems very straightforward in being sort of like a morality tale. Like there's very clearly a message in, in this book, which is that the pokey little puppy is sort of like always late. Like they go out on adventures and they dig holes. They do naughty things. They dig holes into the gate and they stay out too late. And, but the, the first couple times this happens, the, the other, the punctual puppies get home and the, the mom is like right there and gets mad at them. So they get like sent, sent to bed without their dessert. Right. Right. But the pokey little puppy, like the la- the first two times he sort of saunters home kind of late and like he gets all the dessert to himself because I guess no one's around and he just gets a, And it's not until the third time that he gets home late and then he like doesn't get any, he isn't, doesn't get any dessert. And, and so the, like the moral of the story is there's a sign on, on the fence that says no desserts ever unless puppies never dig holes under this fence again. But what's crazy is he totally wins, right? He, two he, out, he, he, two out of three times. Yeah. Well, it's like, the, like, it, like the, it's such a, like this moral that it kind of like gives up like, oh, but you know, who, like, I guess, but most of the time actually being lazy does serve you, but it's not like it's really trying to say that either. <laughs> My thing about this is like every, I mean, it's not just that. My thing is that one scene where he, uh, he, he, you, it starts off like he hear that they, they, they smell like the chocolate pudding or no, but they smell what, what was the first one? Like the, the, the shortcake or something. And, and they know that, um, oh, mom must be cooking this, this dessert. And then they, they hear the clinking of the, 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 the spoon, the pudding spoon. So they know that, yeah, rice like, pudding, pudding's right. on. And then, the Pokemon puppy sees a strawberry and is like, I bet there's going to be like a strawberry dessert, which that's like not a good, like cause and effect, like logical leap to make. And I think what drives me crazy about this is that I've known people like this, that they, they make these and they're right. They're like, Oh, I see a strawberry. I'm like, well, that doesn't mean that just cause you see a strawberry that somebody's like using strawberries to make a strawberry dessert. And then, there is a strawberry dessert, and then the, the pokey little puppy ends up. And also, all along the po- the puppy the puppies could squeeze through the fence. They don't even have to dig under the the the. the they don't have to dig the hole. They could they they can just get through. I don't know. We, we, we've already we've already ranted about this, you know, at, at like thirty minutes, you know, so we don't have to. Right. But it does. It does work me. It's an infuriating book. <laughs> If you enjoyed this episode, check out our other content at 1001goodnights.com and help us out with a rating on your podcast platform of choice.